0: Welcome to Be the Phoenix of Your Own Life, The Feminine Rising. My name is Julie Paulston. I am your host, and I am so absolutely honored that you stopped by. Each week, I'm going to be sharing my own personal journey, and I'm also going to be interviewing some incredible people that will be sharing their journeys as well, in hopes that we can educate, motivate, and inspire you to live the best possible life that you can. So grab your favorite beverage, maybe a snack or two, sit back, relax, and enjoy, because at the end of the day, this truly is all about you. Hi everybody, welcome back to a new episode of Be the Phoenix of Your Own Life, The Feminine Rising. I am Julie. It is so exciting. I can tell you so far this journey has been incredible. I have met the coolest people in the whole entire world and I happen to have one of them on with me today. This is Kim Langling. She resides in Pennsylvania, USA, and she's the mother to a grown daughter and a rescue dog, Dexter. That's why I love her, because Lumpy Lou is a rescue, and Dexter is a rescue. We bonded over that. Her background is sales and marketing for the last 24 years. She's also a public speaker and published co-author in five collaborative books, and the sole author of a book to be released this year called Imperfect Masterpiece. Ooh, I like that. She's the lead author and coordinator of a collaborative three-book series titled When Grace Found Me, with volume one recently released in December of 2020. And volume two to be released in May of 2021. With empathy and emotion, she has been writing since 2004, showcasing her faith, nature, love of rescue animals, and living with PTSD. For 10 years, she's been the co-host of a weekly radio show, Voices for Vets, and the sole host of the newly launched podcast, Let Fear Bounce, inviting guests to share their stories of letting go, or of working through fears and shedding light and hope to our listeners. So I hope that you enjoy this podcast because I will tell you, Kim is one of the coolest people ever. And before anything else, Kim, thank you for your service. It I treasure you for that because I know that that was a big part of your life. So for that, thank you. I always start out with a question mm-hmm. Now, I got to be a guest on your podcast, Let Fear Bounce, and that was so much fun. And you asked me some questions, and so I have a question for you. This is Be the Phoenix of Your Own Life, the feminine rising, and we have all been in ashes in our lives. So can you share with us a pivotal point in your life where you had to rise from the ashes and reclaim your divine inner phoenix, and how has that impacted you since then?
1: That... It's a really good question. (laughs) And it encompasses a lot, actually. Right? (laughs) Um, I would say the most, the the pivotal time for me was probably about 13, 14 years ago, um, where I found myself on my knees, on my living room floor, sobbing and crying out to a God that I told myself I did not believe in. And life at that time had just fallen apart. I was going through a divorce. My grandmother had passed away. Uh, another, a dear friend of mine had committed suicide. Ugh. Six weeks later, another dear friend died in a motorcycle accident because he had a, a diabetic episode while on his motorcycle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it was just boom, boom, boom stuff just, you know, happening. and. That brought me to my knees. And I think that all of that, I live with PTSD due to uh, experiencing sexual assault while I was in the military by two individuals. And that was something I had never really confronted and dealt with the way I should have.
0: Yeah.
1: So I was 13 years into that of, of keeping that behind walls and not sharing and really not dealing. And dealing with what I was dealing with was flashbacks, nightmares, sleepless nights, anxiety, depression. I was also a mom, you know, relatively newer mom. So I thought, well, I'm just tired and that's why all this, all these excuses that you give yourself. Oh yeah. So life when life literally slammed me on my knees, all this other stuff was coming. It was just trigger after trigger after trigger. And then everything came out. My walls fell apart. Those Mm -hmm. walls that I had built so strongly for so many years and kept them so firmly in place, they were uh, crumbling and cracking and falling apart. And I honestly, for for a little bit, felt like I was losing my mind because it was just so much. Oh my goodness! And the hurt, the hurt of letting that out. You know, people are always saying, "Oh, you've got to let this stuff out, and you've got to deal with it, and stuff." Yes, you do, but Mm -hmm. it is not easy. And by golly, it can be incredibly painful, incredibly painful mentally and emotionally. And that's how it was for me. And that moment on my knees was a huge moment for me. Looking back, I see that that was, that was the switch of, all right, Kim, you got to do something because you're not okay right now. And uh, my daughter witnessed that and I wasn't aware of that until later. And then I felt horribly guilty that she saw her incredibly strong mommy on her knees sobbing, gut wrenching sobs, crying out to God. And at that time I didn't have faith. I didn't, I told myself I didn't believe in God. Right. Um, because, you know, if he was there, where the hell had he been?
0: Right. Exactly. So where were you? Why? Why did we go through this? Um, could Could you help a sister out and explain this to me?
1: Right. You know, and, and in my unbelief at that time, I tossed a lot of blame that way. You know, um, years later, I have a completely different outlook on it now because my faith <laughs> has my faith that sparked my faith. And it's, it's grown significantly since then. And I can tell that it's made a massive, massive, and I know it's made a massive difference in my life and how I view things and how I deal with things. It's just, it's for me personally, it was the right direction to go and at the right time. Everything happens for a reason. And mm-hmm. I was put on my knees for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was a big old slam upside the head <laughs> from the big guy saying, all right, you're gonna start dealing with this stuff now because you have you have a lot of stuff to do. I have a big plan for you Yeah, you can't do it until you shovel some of that crap out of the yep. way. Yep, yeah, yeah. And uh, so is it easy? Was everything like switched into wonderfulness at that moment? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, uh, bumpy road, bumpy road. But that was the moment in time, looking back in hindsight, that was definitely my moment. Where it was like time to get up now, Kim, pull up your big girl panties, and it's yep. it's time to get going, time to get going, and so that was my that was my pivotal moment. That was when I started to do to do the whole rise thing, you right. know, and it take it took me a while to find all of that uh, self confidence and self worth, yeah, because when you don't when you're subconsciously You believe, at least I did in my experience, I believed that I was worthless, Mm -hmm. not worth anyone's time, Mm -hmm. not worth anyone's effort. I was always the one give, give, giving. Everyone else was just take, take, taking. And it, it just felt I had to find who I was. And as time went on, I went, all right, I'm starting to learn who I am. And my, you know, daughter's grown and out on her own for years now, and all of a sudden I was Kim. I wasn't yeah. mom every day. You know, no one was calling me mom every single day, so I had to find out who Kim was. And yeah. then I started writing. It was a it was a fluke that I started writing. Turns out I'm pretty darn good at it. <laughs> um, been you know, been doing it since 2004, and absolutely love it. I have a gift for it. And I think that that was one of the, one of the reasons I was brought to my knees that day. Yeah. To shovel all that crap out of the way so I can actually see the gifts that I was given. Yeah. And you know, start using them. And my main mission now, all these years later is use that gift of being able to put words together that draws people in Mm -hmm. and they can feel it including, you know, reading it, they feel it Yep. to do that. I think that's my mission and to, to get those, to get other people's stories out there. Cause I'm not the only one on this planet who's been (laughs) brought to their knees (laughs) and every person will be. Oh yeah. No matter how phenomenal you think your life is, you will be slammed on your knees at one point, if not at many points in your life. Oh yeah. And I want to be, not only using my voice and my own words, but others to shed that light to other people that are sitting in those same spots. Because when I was there in that crapola spot, I felt so isolated and alone. Yeah. And it never entered my mind because I had such a swirl going on. Right. To reach out to someone for help because I was so always independent, was raised independent by a single parent, you know, in a single parent home, we kids, we had to be very independent. Right. Just due to circumstances, mom had to work two, three jobs sometimes. Yep. So that independence was hard for me to let go of a little bit. Mm-hmm. and ask someone for help. And I, I, honestly, I didn't, I didn't ask, uh, veteran friends of mine said, you know, we don't know what's going on in your life, but we recognize all of the signs yeah. you are exhibiting. Cause I was, you know, couldn't sleep, couldn't eat, was losing weight, looked horrible. Yep. And they said, we recognize the signs of PTSD and you will go talk to someone. And if you yep. don't, we're going to drag you kicking and screaming. <laughs> well, I did not. And they took me. <laughs> they, made an appoint- they made an appointment. dropped me off, and said,
0: "We'll see you in an hour." Uh, and and I, I, think that you know, your story. It's so funny. Like when when I ha- when I've had guests on here, I, I like in the beginning, I think that this is where this is this conversation is going to go, and then I hear something, and my heart goes, "No, nope, this is where we're going to go." <laughs> Two things. Do you think that? And I understand the, the the overwhelming guilt and shame of your children seeing you on your knees and just buckled down and broken, feeling broken, not broken, but feeling broken. Do you think that that was something that in the long run helped your daughter to see that mom, mom's human? Because sometimes I think that our kids think that we're superhuman and we don't have feelings. Do you think that that helped your daughter to realize that, Hey, it's okay to buckle. It's okay to go to your knees and mom's human. I think eventually it did. She was 13 at the time.
1: So that's pretty, a pretty impressionable age. And it was pretty scary for her. She was very, very frightened. Yeah. So, you know, I had to suck it up the best I could to reassure her mommy's okay. And I'm, you know, I'm, it's you and me, kiddo, and we're going right. to find, um, because I was at just at the tail end of divorce. Right. That time. And so there was a whole lot of stuff going on, not only in my life, but hers as well. Right. You know, not having daddy around anymore, you know, That's so
0: huge.
1: Yes. Especially at 13. Yeah. Um, so. I know that it shifted for her as she got older into her later teen years, because we would, she would come home from school and talk about something that she had heard about another girl, something that happened to her, or there's a 10th grader that got pregnant. And so, and I was always, we've always talked very openly about mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's so good. And so, you know, am I as she's doing her, her, her homework, at the kitchen counter and I'm cooking dinner, that's when we would have our chats. Right. And later on in her teen years, she would, you could tell she was, she wanted to know a lot more, but she was trying to be really careful. Well, mom, what does PTSD mean? And why do you have that? Right. I honestly didn't want to go into the details of sexual assault with her. Right. Um, but I also couldn't hide it either because it happens and my daughter is like this beautiful beautiful young lady Mm. and as she was growing up from her early teens on I I was taking a self-defense course um it's more than self-defense that the the type that I was taking was harm them so they don't get off the ground exactly so it's more of a fighting technique um and she learned right alongside me that's awesome. And I never explained to her why I wanted her to learn this. I just it was something fun mom and daughter to do. And I would always talk from a very young age with her. If we're walking through parking lots, you know, and especially when she started to drive. This is this is where you would not ever want to park, especially right. if it's in the evening. So all these little things I was constantly talking to her about, but never explaining why I was so adamant about it. So as she got older, she i would i would give her a little more bits right you know until i knew that she was at a right mental spot that she could handle oh my gosh that happened to my mom right because that's scary stuff yeah that's scary stuff and she always just thought that i was awesome because i went into the military she's like you are so badass i you know i don't know anybody's moms who are in the military right? And I was like, you know, I love that my daughter looks up to me like that, you know, and she's not the type that had ever wanted to go in the military. She was raised surrounded by my veteran family. Right. So she's got all kinds of aunts, uncles, grandmas, and grandpas, I mean, (laughs) tons of them. Yes. And they absolutely adore her and they've watched her grow up since the time she was six years old to now she's 31, you know, and all of that together made it easier for me to share those little bits and, and now she, she knows the full story now, but it literally, it, it, I didn't share the entire thing until she was probably in her mid twenties. Yeah. But she knew enough. She knew enough to have all that in the back of her head so she could be situationally aware. Right. In certain spots. And she had called, and I always, always said, as she was growing up, you call me, if you ever need me to come get you. Yep. Or to do harm on your behalf. Right.
0: Yeah. I, I, that was mine with my kids is listen, if you, if you go out and I don't care if it's two o'clock in the morning and you're drunk as a hoot owl and and tripping on whatever it is that you decided to experiment and take, if you're in trouble, you can call me. I don't care. You're not going to be in trouble forever calling me. Yep. I will always come and get you. You will always have a ride. Yeah. That's Amazing. I'm so glad that you were able to finally share that with her because I think that that helps her to be a stronger human being. When you talk about, and, and I don't want to get into all that because I know that that's a real painful area for you. Do you ever work with other women in the military or women who have had challenges? Because I think we're seeing that it's coming out a lot more, how women are assaulted in the military and how women are having big challenges in the military. Have you been able to use your story to help them?
1: You know, that's interesting (laughs) because at the time that I was in, everything was always kept very hush, hush, hush. Yep. And when it happened to me, they worked very, very hard to keep me quiet. Yep. I was not the only one that this had happened to in the area that I was. And apparently there were five other women, but none of them came forward. Actually, they refused to come forward. Yeah. So it was me in a really tough position because this literally went to military trial and let me tell you folks, that's nothing like civilian.
0: No. I can't even imagine absolutely not
1: so the six months of going through that at times seemed worse than the event itself um and and it was actually in many many ways um but when i i came home so it was 12 years later that i found myself on my knees my my veteran brothers took me and dumped me off and said you're gonna go talk to this person that, at that time, there was nothing, not one thing in place for females. There were no female counselors. There were no sexual trauma counselors. Wow. There was absolutely nothing in place. Nothing. Well, because it just didn't happen. It always happened.
0: Happened. But just, if they didn't have counselors, never,
1: it was just never brought out into the
0: light. Well, and if you had female counselors and if you had sexual assault counselors, then that would be admitting that there was something going on. Right. And at
1: that time, keep in mind, this was quite a while ago. That was was still the boys club. Yep. I was a minority as a white female in the military. Yeah. Now it's not the same today, but back when I was in, I, there were not a whole lot of us. Right. (laughs) Not a whole lot of us. Um, so for years, literally years, it's literally, it's just been in the last five years in the last five. And I've been out for 30, Jeez. it's just been in the last five years that there is now they've the, the VA firmly has in place, um, all kinds of programs specifically for women, regardless okay. of what it is. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, and I now have a female counselor. Do I still see a counselor? Yep. Yeah, I do. I'm not ashamed of it. I know my weaknesses. Yeah. And I know my triggers. Yep. So PTSD, when people say that they're cured of it, I got to call them out as a liar on that. Sorry. That's just my personal opinion because when something traumatic happens to you, you don't forget about it. You don't just put it in the garbage because it's part of your history. Right. You can't erase it. You cannot erase it and say I'm healed. Um, that's my personal opinion. Right. And the way I look at it is it's a life altering event Mm -hmm. that stays with you forever. It's all in how you have managed it and deal with it in a healthy way, but you become a part of it and it is definitely a part of you. Right. You You can't erase it. Yeah. It's how you take that ball of shit exactly. and mold it and change it as you grow and change it into something good. Yes. So use your struggle and your trials to share with other people as hard as it is, and mm-hmm. dang, it's hard. It's really hard sometimes, but share with other people. I've been there acknowledge. If you see someone or you know someone who is struggling through something, acknowledge them. Maybe you personally can't fix them. You know, it's like, well, I can't fix this person, but maybe the only thing that they need is someone to say, I see you hurting. Yes. I see you hurting and I love you. I might not be able to help you, but here's my hand.
0: Yeah. I see you. I I know there's so many times and I've talked to so many people and because I've been in recovery for almost 31 years, you see people that have gone through horrible traumas. And, and I, you know, and when people pass away that are close to you, people don't want to even talk about that person or talk about the event because they're scared it's going to bring it up again. And you're going to, it's really about, I just want somebody to acknowledge that I'm hurting. I just want somebody to acknowledge that God, this is, this sucks. This, I, was this gonna, sucks. I was just going to, I was just going to say that those are the exact words.
1: Cause I've used those with people over the years, those words, yeah. you know, I'll be like, man, I, I see you're still hurting and I know how, how bad that sucks. Yeah. And the response that I get, they might start breaking down, crying saying, yeah, it's really awful. You know? And then, and they, they start crying, but then they'll be like, thank you so much for saying how much it sucks. Yeah. You're the only one who said that everybody else tries to, oh, to go be around this big elephant in the room, yeah. you know? And, but for me, I prefer directness. Yeah. And that's how I always am with others too. Sometimes people don't care for it. That's fine.
0: Yeah, but I'm not, not I'm people. not gonna,
1: you know, that's, I'm gonna always be authentic. And if I see someone hurting, I'm not gonna call them out in public, of course. But I want to be able, you know, if I have the opportunity to talk one-on-one, even if it's just to say, you know, to me, it looks like you're hurting and I'm here. You don't even have to talk. If you just need a hug, I will yep. give you a hug. Yeah. That's, if that's what you need or that's all you can accept at this time, but yep. I see you, I see what you're going through, even though yep. I, know I might not have all the details because I've been there too.
0: Yeah. And our trauma is even though, um, your trauma and my trauma might be completely different. You bond within the fact that you went through something and, and, and it's transferable. The pain, it's not like the pain is transferable, but the experience is transferable and it that empathy. Yeah. And when you see someone and it's, and it's an interesting thing when people go through trauma, like I go through a trauma. So in my past, I've been raped and I've had, horrible things happen. And then I hear a story like yours. And the first thing that we want to do as human beings, and especially as women, we want to go, Oh, yours is so much worse. So I shouldn't feel bad because yours is, Oh my gosh, Kim, yours is so much worse. So then we feel guilty because we feel bad about our trauma, but somebody else has it so much worse than us. And so then we feel even more guilt and even more shame because we are trying to express our trauma. Yeah. But then we hear somebody else's, and we're like, "Oh, that's so much worse than mine. I I shouldn't have said anything because I really should help this person over here." I felt that way for so many
1: years. You have no idea, and I would be like, "Wow, they they have went through so much worse than me. I am just keeping my mouth shut." Yeah, my 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 trauma was nothing compared to that, right? And it's such an automatic response that we mentally do that to ourselves.
0: And it just, and it, what happens is it's, it's like, you know, you just, you have the, the bag of shit and you just take and you keep stuffing, stuffing and stuffing and stuffing And then pretty soon that bag is the, those fibers are going to be, that bag is going to explode. And that's, yeah. that's the time that you hit your knees. And sometimes the universe, God, universe, spirit, Gus is what I call it. Whatever you, whatever you believe, that's when God puts you on your knees because he's like, listen, you girl, you have been asking me for some help. I sent you a boat. I sent you a helicopter. I sent you a tree floating down the river of shit. You didn't look at any of them and you just kept wanting it the way you wanted it. Right. So it's really about leaning into the signs. And when you ask for help, being open to the way that it comes in, because the how isn't up to us. Right. And it took me so long. That's why I say a lot
1: now. Nowadays, I'm always saying it. I, I can recognize and before i never you know, like you're just saying all these signs come flying at you i didn't recognize them for what they were because yeah. my heart and my mind weren't open to it yeah and now i recognize stuff everywhere mm-hmm. and i you know and for me i have a very strong faith and yeah. i'll see it either it's a big sign or a little sign and i'll be like Wow. Good one, God.
0: Yep.
1: <laughs> right. That was, pretty, that was pretty cool. Big guy. Thanks. You know? <laughs> I know. I was like, I find a
0: feather and I'm like, thanks angels. Appreciate ya. Or yeah. like I find yes. pennies or, you know, those little things. And, and I was, I took Lou for a walk and I, I found a penny and I, I picked it up and I was like, Oh my God, I found a penny. I was so excited about finding a penny. Then I went around the corner and I like found a nickel and I was like super excited about that. And like, I found coins all the way around my neighborhood and by the time i got home i was crying and it wasn't because i was crying because i was sad i was crying because i was so connected to the to god and the universe and to everything i just i knew in that moment that and and i was having a really crappy day i mean my day was shit before i went on that walk and that's the only reason why i went for the walk is because i thought if I don't go for a walk, I'm going to huck my computer through the window. I, it's just done. Yeah. And then I went through for the walk and it's like, listen, I'm here. You just take a breath.
1: Right. I have had moments like that so often. And I'm so glad that I can recognize them now. Yeah. And I'll have a really cra- and one day that sticks out to me. I woke up, I had a, a horrible night just filled with nightmares because they do still come. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason, you know, something must have triggered it during the right. day or whatever. Um, and I remember waking up, probably hadn't slept more than an hour and a half, mm. and I woke up really early. And this was with my uh, my other dog, Digger, um, prior to him passing away. And I woke him, you know, he, or he woke up when I woke up, of course. So we get out just as the sun is rising and I live wow. in the country, so I'm surrounded by woods and fields. And I walk this field every single day, twice a day. So Digger and I, we head off and we're walking up along the tree line of this one big field and the sun is starting to just rise behind oh. us. so Everything has like that orangish pinkish tint to it. Yes. Oh, just awesome. Favorite. And just that alone made me go, <sighs> take a big breath. Yeah. But then as we're walking, we startle a bald eagle. <gasps> and it just kind of did its little, they're so majestic to watch, wow. But he just kind of did like that little leap and how they kind of like drop for a second and then their wingspan comes and then they just kind of soar. Yes. It's it's just so beautiful. It's, it's, It's silent beauty in motion. Yes. And I stood there watching that in complete and total awe. Even my dog, I looked down at Digger, and he was looking up too. (laughs) And I just sat there and went, thank you, God, for that moment. Because my favorite Bible verse is from Isaiah. But those who hope in the Lord will soar on wings like eagles. Well, there you go. My favorite verse, absolute favorite. And when that morning, at that moment, that is exactly what I needed. And I went... Looked up and said, "Thank you for the reminder."
0: Yeah,
1: because I was so I was such a ball of anxiety. I mean, yeah. to the point where you know, your hand, I I I clench my hands when I get anxious. Yeah, and that's my first sign. And then when I notice my jaw hurting, it's because I'm yeah. gritting my teeth. You know, uh-huh. and I w- I didn't realize how often I did that throughout the day.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: and so now this I can recognize. Mine. Yeah. This is
0: mine. Like I'll, there, in the middle of the day, I realize that my my shoulders are up in my ears and I have to, and then I drop my shoulders. I'm like, Oh my gosh, how long have I had my shoulders up like this? And so
1: I, I even do that when I'm walking sometimes. Yes. I'll be, you know, and then I'll be like, Kim, relax. And so I do this, you know, and then I, then I just take deep breaths and I'm like, all right, relax, relax. Let's go. And I have to say it out loud for me. I have to say it out loud because when I say it out loud, I'm claiming it. Yep. You know, I can't just think it and I'm not one that can just write it down. I literally have to say it out loud. And sometimes I have to yell it out loud mm-hmm. because my own self isn't here in my own self. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <You know? laughs> there's something to be said about screen therapy. Um, it, I, I've i I've told people about it before is like there's something about when you're in that moment. And I think women were taught, I mean, you think about it when we're two years old, we're, we're handed a dolly and said, here's your baby, take care of it. And so for the rest of our lives, we taught, we're taught, take care of everybody else. And when we're in that moment where you just want to scream because you can't, nothing else works. The first thing we do is go, oh, well, we can't scream because you know, the judgment There's nothing better than going, and if you can't do it in your house, you're out in the country. If I did it out here, all my neighbors would come running. But there's nothing better than going and sitting in my car and turning the music up super loud and screaming. And then after I get done, I'm like, I'm exhausted. Yes. But everything, all the yuck berries that have been sitting down deep, I've screamed them out. So anybody that's listening, don't doubt scream therapy. If you no. can get in your car yeah. or if you can't be in your car, go to your room, grab a, you know, put a pillow and scream into your pillow, go scream someplace else. And if somebody's watching you, you can just give them a thumbs up, it's like, get hey. a sign, scream therapy going on right here. Don't yeah. worry
1: about me. I've, I've done the pillow thing, especially when my daughter was younger. Yes. I've done the pillow thing. Um, I've done sitting in my car with the radio loud in yep. the garage. Um, yep give a good 10 to 12 second like awesome scream yep. and it you know it when i first when i first did that i'm thinking you know oh gosh i sound like a crazy person but then i'm like you know what i have let that ball up so much i had to let that out in one big blast like that Yep, i had to yep and then it it, it does tire you out it, it is oh, it it's exhausting it is but exhausting. then it also you can also feel lighter yeah You know, even like like when my, um, when I had to say goodbye to my dog Digger, had him for 14 years, Mm. he was never trained as a service dog or a therapy dog, but he naturally became one with me. So we were super like, I mean, oh my gosh, so in tune with each other. I often told people and the people who knew him, they're like, wow, he's almost human. (laughs) Right. Um, But when he, when we had to let him go, I was fortunate enough to have a vet that I knew come to my house. Oh. So we were in a, you know, his environment and my daughter came, she took the day off of work and she came. So it was her and I on the floor with him yeah. as he, you know, left us on this gentle wave of love. Yeah. Um, but afterwards my daughter and I are sitting out on the back deck and she's just, we're both just crying. We're both just yeah. sitting, crying. And I looked at her and I said, sweetie, I, I have to yell. And then I was just, because it was just I could feel it bubbling. Yep. And she just looks at me and she's like, okay, mom, you know, I mean, we were sobbing. We were just. Right. Devastated. And I let out this unholy whale. Yeah. I mean, just came from my very core yep. and I let it out and then I just kind of like slumped into myself, you know, just kind of like, yeah. and I was so tired after that, yeah. but. I had to let that out so I could function. Exactly. exactly. You know, I, I, I had reached a point where I'm like, if I don't do that, and that's why I, I warned my daughter in advance, because if I hadn't let that out, I don't think I, I could have function even like normally function for the rest of the day. I was so crushed and devastated.
0: Absolutely.
1: And uh, so, yeah, I'm all for giving a big old yell when you need
0: to. Oh, yeah. I think it's very underrated. And I think the women that are listening, try it, just do it once. And you're going to be like, oh my gosh, all these people are going to think, uh, I remember when my dad died, I had a big 75 pound heavy bag in my garage and I went out there and I started hitting it and I was, I was saying things sobbing and I was hitting it and it wasn't enough. And then all of a sudden from, and I know it's, it's like deep down in the center of your being yes it, you feel it and it starts coming and it start it's it's almost i hate to say it it's almost like you know when you're going to throw up you're you like it's going to come out whether you want it to or not it's going to come out yep. i grabbed a baseball <laughs> bat and i screamed and beat the shit out of that bag until and i i remember looking at my window at one point in time the neighbor looked in and went turn around and just kind of walked away, but I screamed and beat the shit out of that bag. And then I just collapsed Yeah, because I had gotten everything out and I walked back in the house and I laid down. And for that moment, I had peace.
1: Yeah. I, you know, and it's funny. So many things that you're saying were like parallel, right? I have a punch bag in my garage Yeah, and I have wailed on that sucker over the years so many times, and you're right. Sometimes it just isn't enough.
0: Yep.
1: Sometimes it's just not enough.
0: Uh, grab and a baseball I, I do
1: have one, I and it's my ex-husband left it hanging there. He he said, do you want me to take that down and get rid of it? And I said, absolutely not, leave it there, because I think I'm going to be kicking and punching it for quite some time. Right? <laughs> you know, and, as and, he's and, as he's
0: packing his shit and leaving. <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to be know. punching and kicking that thing for quite <laughs> some time. And I may put your face on it, but that's okay. But did, if you, I, am telling you when I took the, when I picked up the bat cam, that takes it to a whole new level because oh. you can't destroy it. You right. can't destroy those bags really. I mean, you really have to be like, you know, a yeah. van or Holyfield to destroy a bag and right. I'm not even remotely like that. So I am just loving, I like you and I did, we could talk for years and years and years and never run out of stuff to say, but I, I want to hold everybody hostage. So How I'm so excited for all your books and stuff and and before we wrap up there's a question that i'm gonna ask you at the very end but before we wrap up. I'm gonna tell everybody that's listening first of all, Kim is amazing and I want you to find her friend or follower do all of the things the social be social social media be social. and read the show notes. So if you listen to podcasts all the time, we always put show notes in there. And that's where the little introduction and things. I'm going to have all of Kim's links in there. So where you can find her, I'll have links to her books, all of the things I'll have linked to her podcast, Let Fear Bounce. It is an incredible podcast because it really truly is about letting fear bounce, get fear the hell out of here. Um, And all of her stuff about the Voices for Vets, everything will be in the show notes. So I would encourage you to check it out. Go to her links. Um, I'm all about sharing because I know that there are going to be people that connect with you on different things and different levels that may need to reach out. And I know that you are open to that. Absolutely. And if you hear something in this podcast, feel free to share it. If you hear something that you think somebody else might like, feel free to share it. Feel free to rate it, review it, subscribe it, and go to do the same thing for Kim's podcast as well. So my last question for you is when you are in that darkness and you feel like there is absolutely no hope, what is one thing that you would share with someone who's sitting in that darkness and who's sitting in that pit of despair and can't reach out and doesn't know what to do? What's one piece of advice that you would give them?
1: one thing, even to this day that I have to remind myself of, because, you know, we all go into those spots. Um, I've just learned not to stay in them so long. So you're in your storm. And I, I, I say this so often the last several years, you're in that, that storm, I call it a shit swirl. Yep. Um, you're in that you can't hear anything outside of it. You can't see anything outside of it. So look to yourself and remember and tell yourself, you are stronger, so much stronger than you realize. And even though you're in that storm, there is strength and there is beauty in that storm. Mm -hmm. And it's all within you. You just have to remember to look. And if you can't see it, there's always a spark of light somewhere. Something's gonna pop in your head if you let it. Maybe it's a memory or you're just telling yourself, over and over and over until you believe it for yourself for that moment i am strong i am stronger than i know i am i can get through this i can get through this a lot of self-talk but to me that works for me and i i use it now i remind myself all right i'm in this storm whether it's for an hour or a day or a week whatever i'm in the storm but there's so much strength within me and i am the strength in that storm right And there's so much beauty in strength. So not only are you strong, you're beautiful. And you just have to remember that. And if you need to tell yourself that, and even if it feels weird, do it anyway. It'll get more comfortable. You've got to, oh, it hurts my heart. It breaks my heart to see someone sitting in darkness and afraid to look up. Yeah. Because they're not sure what normal looks like anymore,
0: yeah.
1: Or they feel that they're not worthy, um, yeah. or they feel that they don't want to exist anymore. Yeah. That breaks. I'm almost crying right now. <laughs> breaks my heart to hear of that, to read of it, and to see it, especially in people I know. Yeah. So I am constantly, constantly saying, "Oh my gosh, sweet pea, you are so much stronger than you realize." Yeah. And you are the strength in that storm. So use it to bust out of it. Yeah. And when you come out, you are going to be shining because you are so beautiful. You are so awesome. And you are so worthy. I'm going to start crying if I keep on talking.
0: Mic drop. Leave it there. That was, that was, that was a true Uh, mic drop moment. Kim, thank you. You're welcome i treasure you and i adore you and i love you and i appreciate you so much i hope everybody loved this as much as i do and i did um like i said finder friend or follower and remember you are stronger you are worthy you are enough if you could see the divinity that we see in you you would never doubt yourself again so with that Thank you so much for listening next week. I'll have a little story to share with you. And then we'll be doing more interviews with some pretty cool people. I've got some fun things coming up for you. So with that, enjoy your Wednesday or Thursday or whatever day you're tuning in. And if it's a Wednesday, slide on into the weekend. You're almost done. And other than that, you are loved, treasured, and adored. And I can't wait to see you next week. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Yay. Thank you so much for spending your time with me. I appreciate you. And remember, you are loved. You are treasured. You are adored. You are worthy. And you are so more than enough. I hope that you were inspired. And if you were, please feel free to download, share, and leave a comment. I would be eternally grateful. Thank you so much and have an absolutely magical day.